Hello, all you fabulous people, and welcome to another rendition of the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Michael. I'm also Michael. I'm Jesse. And this is a part two of uh, our talk on fanfics and fandoms. Uh, so I'm just going to throw you right into the action. Enjoy. Were you the uh, kind of person that would shit on Hufflepuffs? No, honestly, and and I'll I'll admit because like I kind of this is something that I regret a little bit now because I don't really like this professor. But there was a professor that had wrote fan fiction of Harry Potter called Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Um, it was a. Uh, one of those people that like does the you know pushing the glasses up and saying well actually oh no. uh, <laughs> y- yes uh, when I was in, when I was in undergrad I was part of the honors college at ASU the university I went to for my undergrad and I was surrounded by elitists and I tried to be one uh, but the one thing that I still like appreciate because the the whole idea was that like instead of Aunt Petunia marrying uncle vernon who was you know some car salesman or something like that she married a neuro uh sorry a biochemist or something like that a really smart guy from oxford and so they taught harry to be super smart and so he was super smart and he solved all these problems and yeah it's it's the first book which was the only book that they wrote so it was supposed to be his first year is like as long as the first four it's really, really convoluted, and it involves like a lot of s- unnecessary things. I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna say it. I, I don't like the book nowadays. But one thing that I did appreciate was the lack of veneration for Gryffindors, because like they pretty much like the author talked about how they were like foolhardy, that they were like just overly brave, and that was their whole thing. They did a lot of stupid stuff because that was their whole shtick. Um, and that let me appreciate the other houses more. So I never shat on Hufflepuff because I understood that their whole thing was camaraderie and, you know, being not loyal because loyal and it, it like assumes that you just are a bootlicker. And, but like, the idea of Hufflepuffs being like, they are all about the community. They are all about not just themselves, they want to contribute as a whole. Um, and that's what I really respected. That was like the his breakdown of the houses in a more rational manner than just like, yeah, the Hufflepuffs are just the lackeys that will follow you. Ravenclaws are the nerds. The Slytherins are always going to be Dark Lords, and the Gryffindors are always going to be the good guys. Like, looking at it from a more rational standpoint made the houses make a lot more sense. And made them seem more realistic than, well, everyone wants in Gryffindor because they always want to be the good guys. Unless they don't, then they're Slytherin. And the the, the poor saps that don't get into either get into Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. If Ravenclaw, if they're smart, Hufflepuff, if they're stupid. I'm gonna, you know, I'm and gonna like, I disagree. I'm going to chime in here and say, since we all kind of like, you know, shat on present day uh, Harry Potter. Uh, I think we might be spending a little too much time giving uh, her and her ilk uh, some focus. I just, I bring it up because of, like, I, I, when I was part of the fandom, I I am a Hufflepuff, uh, Mm. but I would get a lot of shit for it. Really? Yeah. People are like, oh, God, you're Hufflepuff. That's so stupid. You're so dumb. And, like. Hufflepuffs were cool, man. Their their dorms that's were That's so in the interesting. Kitchens. I guess that's part of that like toxicity you were talking yeah, about then. Because like, which is so funny because like to me, one of the things about fandom has always been like I like that fandom can be Im- so embracing and, and like um for instance, you know, like I talked about the way I got into Harry Potter, right? Somebody was like super into it and therefore I kind of hopped in with them. Uh same thing with Invader Zim. I remember in 2005 I was in a college class. It was like my very first one. And the 
woman, her name was Elizabeth. She was sitting right next to me and we were both sitting at the back of the class and we would kind of just casually chat in between like, you know, lessons and stuff here and there. And she mentioned Invader Zim and I had never heard of it at the time. And like then the next class, she brought me like volume one of the DVD set she had and like lent me that. I remember going home and watching that and being like, oh, this is fantastic. Devoured all that. Brought it back to her. She brought me the second volume. And it was like, you know, here we are now. And that was almost 20 years ago. That was like 18 years ago. And now Invader Zim's like the background of my phone. Right. And it was something that I had never heard of except for the person sitting next to me in class mentioning it and then lending me a DVD, multiple DVDs over time. But it's like that sort of aspect of fandom is something that I really uh, appreciate and enjoy. And it's always disappointing when like the toxicity of it can kind of come into play. As you were kind of mentioning before, Michael, with like Star Trek as an example, right? Star Trek is such an interesting uh example of the toxicity of it because you know we talk about you know infinite diversity and infinite combinations idic right it's one of the uh, key like principles of star trek and like you know related to the vulcans before we get into that i kind of want to hear like jesse's like oh yeah 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 just because like i don't want to hop back into harry potter Oh, no, I was but, done with Harry Potter. We can oh. move on to Trekkies. That was just one of the things. Like, <laughs> My there's bad. other, like, I've experienced other toxic things within, like, the Critical Role fandom, and we can talk about that later. But yeah, I'm okay. done talking about Harry Potter. That, yeah, you I, know, was, I was just, it's, it's, it's dead to me. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> dead to me. Yeah, you I wasn't even like. A, you smack, like, one of the pictures off of your wall. It just shatters. <laughs> You're like, get this shit out of here. What am I even doing? There's no Hufflepuff. Then she has to get up to get the broom. She's like, oh, there's glass everywhere. One second, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I am house. uh, I am. I have house house elf. Free the serfs. That's what I am now. I wasn't even moving into Star Trek per se. Just more still talking about the toxicity of it. Just because Star Trek to me is like, you know, talks about this enlightened future, right? Where we don't have poverty and money isn't a thing. And we embrace infinite diversity. and um, and yet within that, there's this like toxic element, you know, for instance, there's a, a large swath of the fandom that was actively against Star Trek Discovery just because the lead actress is, you know, a black female. Now, I think Discovery has a lot of issues, none of which but that's are, not yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of which are related to her gender or her ethnicity. Uh, or even her acting. I think she's a good actress. I just think some of the writing on Discovery is atrocious. But uh, but that's like that's just nitpicks that I would have with any show, right? But it always it is always so interesting to see like aspects of the fandom that just like attack, you know, the actress, you know, and it, and it, it's it's just so weird to me because if it happens in Star Trek, obviously it can happen everywhere. But I'm just like, man, like you know, how can you be a fan of this show that embraces these ideals? when you are like actively against that sort of thing. And so it's, it's very strange and always uh, disappointing because I, I like the embracing aspects of fandom that bring people together, right. And unify people and bring people of all sorts of different backgrounds and, and everything that, cause you can embrace this and coalesce around this one thing. Like, Oh, you know, you have a completely different background than me, different culture, different foods, different music, different language, perhaps, but we both love this thing and we can sit down and talk about it for hours and become friends over it and bond. Mm-hmm. And like, it's even more interesting that people would be upset over that. Considering the history Star Trek has, they had the first interracial kiss in the, during the original series between Kirk and I can never pronounce her Uhura. characters. Uhura. I never pronounce her name right, never, and I never will. But um, Not between them, oh, <laughs> fair. You know what? Fair. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So, the, like, the show itself was was groundbreaking in in terms of the diversity that they had. Uh, and so it's always interesting to see like fans of the show because that's something that happens, especially a lot more now. Where fans are like, oh, well, this show has gone, you know, it's too much. It's too, it's, I hate uh, using quote too. quote unquote woke. I hate using that term. But yes, in that case, people are like, oh, it's too woke. Where like they've been breaking boundaries. They've been setting standards since the original series. Yeah. And it's so frustrating too, because like 
it to me like taints the entire conversation because oh, then yeah. you can I can't sit down and be like yeah honestly I don't really like discovery that much because you're immediately paint oh it's cuz it's a black woman that's in the scene it's like no that's not that has nothing to yes I know a lot of people complain about that but no I have like here's my actual complaints but you just get you taint it because if you're such if you have this like minor a minority that is you so get, vocal like, about critiques. it you get you get lumped into this like you know and I, it's very frustrating because it's like if you if you just if you didn't have that toxic element you could sit <laughs> down and have like genuine conversations about like the actual issues that you might have with the show but when you have such a, a vocal minority that has an issue with like the stupidest thing uh then if you genuinely have issues with the show it's easy for people just to dismiss you as being part of that minority like oh you just don't like the show because you don't like you know a black woman in charge and it's like no i don't like the show cuz it's written like shit <laughs> She's actually one of the best parts of the show. It's just the yeah. plot is terrible. Yeah, I mean, um, I do have like some issues just in general, like, you know, not nothing to do again with her. But like, whose whose bright idea was it to like name the main woman's character Michael? Like, that's just being trying to be different for different sake. I don't know a single woman that's named Michael. It's just it's like it was it was kind of just a weird like right from the start. They're like, let's do something different just to be different counterpoint wasn't one of the main uh villains to the next generation uh, a letter like q well yeah but that has nothing to do with anything that's like an alien and just and and it's and it we emphasize as a, as a letter but it could be that person's name in their language or whatever well that's that's this we is live a, in more in light they live in more enlightened times what if michael is unisex like taylor Fair. Listen, I'm. I'm not. I think that's what they were going for. I think that's what they were going for. I'm just being but, a shit. But no, no, I, I, like... I think, no. I genuinely think that's what they were going for. But well, it was really supposed to be Michelle, and someone just pronounced it wrong, and they just went with it. Yeah, I just... bet that is probably more canon than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what kind of name is Michael? It's Michelle. You've said it incorrectly for like the last 10 takes. Fuck well, it. shit. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess. Um, so like, obviously, Star Trek, we've talked about that lots with my own experience on that. I have I've heavily been involved in the fandom there. I've gone on like the Star Trek cruises. Um, oh, wow. oh, yeah. 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 I, oh, I got to ask about those. So so. So good. It's like a convention. It's like a, a Star Trek convention on the water. And they and the whole ship is done up like Star Trek. Like you go into the elevators to get to different levels in the ship and they've done them up like turbo lifts. So oh. like a Disney cruise, but with Star Trek. Kind of, yeah. And but you can okay. do all kinds That's of different things. That's what I was like, thinking. So like for instance, like um one of the actresses from DS9, she like does uh yoga on her time. So like you could do yoga classes with her. Like, you know, they had like different slots for that. I did uh, tap dancing lessons with uh, Gates McFadden, who played uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher. And I got to like oh. tap dance like, w you know, with her. And so that I was cool. Oh, that's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah, because she's a choreographer. Um, So she, you know, oh, that, sort that of sounds thing. fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Because really yeah, you got to do all kinds of different things. I got to like the, the guy that plays uh, Armin Shimmerman, the, the guy that plays Quark um, on DS9. He... um is like a trained Shakespearean actor and he's like been a professor for a long time as well. So he like did uh like some readings and some uh some classes for us where he basically just like broke down like parts of Hamlet as an example and like got to read with us and like answer questions from the audience. So I got to ask him questions about like, you know, his interpretations of like some Shakespeare stuff. So stuff that was like nothing to do with DS9 or you know with the show he was primarily on, nothing to do with Star Trek. Um but just like stuff that they're personally interested in. And so yeah. it's kind of cool because it's kind of like there's a lot of Star Trek stuff, of course, obviously. Yeah. Um, so you do get that like convention on the water, but you also get all of like these different like kind of like personal touches, like, you know, like things that they're actively interested in. Like, oh, she does yoga. She does it in the morning. So she'll just lead a class. And then you're getting to do yoga with like one of the Star Trek actresses. And that's cool. Um, so I loved it. It was literally like the best experience of my life. Uh, up until my daughter was born. Just throw that little caveat in. <laughs> oh, okay. It's all about your daughter now, is yeah. it? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, so she... She is going to be a little Trekkie. It's it's awesome. So right now she's got a little Star Trek book. So, okay, like a quick little thing. Before she was born, 
I there's not a lot of like Star Trek kids books. Um, and there was so there's only a small handful. And I had bought all of the ones that existed before she was born, right? So she had her little golden books of like different Star Trek things, like Star Trek alphabet and everything, right? So there's a little library just down the road from us, about five minutes down the road. And so we try to go to it um like on the Saturdays, like as a little family. And so we take her there. She's only 18 months, right? So we take her in. And as soon as she's in, we just like let her go free. And the uh, librarians there, they love her, right? Because, you know, Cordelia is super cute. And so she comes in, she waves at them and they're waving back and everything. And then we let her go to the bookshelves and choose a book. And then she'll bring it to us and like hand it out to us to read to her. And anyways, we went there uh, last week. And same deal, like normal, we let her go and do her little thing. And she goes over to the shelf and we go and we sit down uh, at the little kid chairs and wait for her to come over. And she comes running over and, and what does she have? She has a, uh, she has a Star Trek book, but like a kid's, like from the kid section, but one that I hadn't bought her. And I was like, what is this? And I look and it only just came out like in 2022. So it didn't exist when she was born in September, 2021. Right. And I was like, what? And it was the book she chose. She went and she's looking at the shelf. And what does my daughter do? She pulls out the Star Trek book and brings it over. And she loves. And you're crying. You're oh, crying. Oh, the, tears. Like, she, she's got Star Trek clothes. She's got Star Trek like stuffies. <laughs> you know, like yeah, her her teether is a Star Trek like rattle because like it's you know the the round teether part that can that she can suck on but that the round part is the like bridge of the enterprise and it's shaped like the enterprise so she can hold it so so i yeah so i have done my part to like you know make her like a fan but this was her on her own in a library full of books and what's the book she brings she brings me and then of course i had to buy it for her and then i find out that the uh the same like uh, the same year they also released of like you know my first color star trek book and so i bought that one for her too and so now she's like learning her colors learning her abcs learning everything via star trek and so and she loves it we watch a uh, star trek prodigy together which is the nickelodeon star trek show um oh so, i forgot yeah yeah so i am uh i am actively contributing to the fandom in i am adding to it uh with my little mini me's there now, the um, question is, because this is important to clarify, do you go on to forums or other parts of the internet to interact with others, you know, and to talk about Star Trek? Because for a lot of people, like, you can love, you know, something a lot, right? But you don't, necess you don't necessarily have something, uh, someone to talk to about it. Uh, and that's why the, you know, the internet is so fantastic because right. you can find fandoms very easily. Now, do you do that or do you, are you like a private enjoyer of your own fandoms? Because well, I, that's kind of what I'm I was gonna saying. Ask Jesse about that as well. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier is like a lot of the stuff that I'm a fan of, like Doctor Who and Supernatural and all that. I just indulge in like solo, right? Where I don't really chat with somebody about it with Star Trek. Uh, I do like follow fan pages and I will like comment on stuff and grab memes and stuff occasionally, not as much as I used to, but obviously if I'm going to the, the on the cruise and stuff as well, then I'm like actively being engaged in the fandom uh, that way. The only other fandom that I, and this touches in the toxicity aspect of it that I tried to be like somewhat involved in is a, I really like the YouTube um, like movie reviewers and stuff, red letter media. Oh, and, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so like they do, uh, you know, all sorts of different stuff and I find their stuff amusing. And so I was like, oh, you know, I wonder if there's like, you know, people that like talk about this online and stuff. And so like found some fan pages and like, it made me almost like question whether or not I should be a fan of like red letter media. Cause I was like, these people are like, like like racist bigots and i'm like how are these people fans of this so i like i actively had to like go back and like rewatch the stuff that i was like watching i was like no red letter media is fine there's no problem with this i was like it's just this fandom like huh. these various pages that i'd found that i was like oh this is like gross like, yeah. yeah like just huh. a bunch of misogynistic racist assholes i was like oh but like it it like i said it it almost it made me pause initially because i was like wait we're fans of the same thing like am I missing something from the actual? And so I rewatched various reviews and I was like, no, the, the red letter media guys, they're fine. I got no problem with them. These guys are fine. It's just some of these fans are, ugh. 
That's a good but, point. But yeah, I mean, no, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like that's you know, especially when it's something like smaller. Like, obviously, I know there's like a toxic side to Star Trek, but it's such a big and you know, embracing uh, like uh, culture that's to it that it didn't make me question. Oh, I wonder if Star Trek really is bad, right? Like, I knew it wasn't, but with something like that, I had to actually pause and reflect and go, "Am I missing something on the original bit?" I don't um, know. I saw a lot of toxicity when those movies came out in like the early tens. Oh, like the you mean the Star Trek films, like the two thousand nine? Yeah, ones? with uh, the Chris Pine ones. Yeah, where, oh, where he that was very, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember so many people being just incredibly the term butthurt over these movies because they were just like really schlock. Um, yeah, they were action it, uh, films. There wasn't yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah. They were them. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were action films for Star Trek. I didn't have problem with them because like they were still like shoot the the second one like kind of like recreated uh Wrath of Khan granted you know whitewashed the villain fair not going to get into that different but like just how how vitriolic some people were towards these films that were like they weren't necessarily remakes they were just like they were high quality fan I guess I guess they were remakes, fan remakes of it. Yeah, they they you know? they lacked the heart and soul of Star Trek. They were just action films. They're they're good like popcorn flicks, like yeah. just to to watch which, and get, you know, I don't Which is what they they were. They're like yeah. I would argue that's what they were designed to be, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And they they looked pretty. That was nice. And it revived interest in Star Trek where we got the series and stuff we Definitely. have Definitely. And Thor was Kirk's dad. So that's kind of cool. Yes. What? Yeah. Hemsworth, like the actor that plays Thor. Hemsworth was, oh, yeah, he was he was Kirk's dad. I did not know that. That's Star that's Trek cool. 2009. That's, yeah, it was, it was before cool, he was uh, big. Trivia. Ah, yeah, I so, like that like, trivia. That's, that's cool. right. So Thor is Kirk's dad. Mm-mm. Makes sense. I don't know how, yeah. but it makes sense. It's <laughs> Only can- thing that could have made it. Head cannon. Head yeah. cannon. Only thing me. that could have made it better is if it was JVD. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's back. coming out of retirement put me in coach i'm doing another star trek <laughs> another star trek he hasn't done one don't yeah, let him don't tell right. him don't tell him just let him say another star trek it's fine i'm just saying i would love to have like the universal soldier be like the security officer <laughs> uh, oh, no. that's my head cannon now give actually. him a little cameo there um yeah. okay so all right now are there before we move on to Jesse, are there any um fandoms that you interact with nowadays? Cause I know that she interacts with a lot of critical role, right? Um are there any are there any fandoms that you interact with in that vein? I would say the only thing like because I mean like I have three jobs and then the little one. So Fair. Be, and before the it's two other jobs, <laughs> yeah, and before the two other jobs, I had the main job and then was working on the doctorate, so I was still tied up in that. So, truth be told, the only like fandom or you know media thing that I interacted with on any sort of like regular basis, I'm now a co-host of. <laughs> <laughs> you took so, fandom to a whole new level yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that one. i love it so much i'm gonna be a part of it <laughs> yeah i mean like in all honesty that was like the only thing that i was like actively like engaged in because i didn't have a lot of time so i would like make a couple comments on the youtube videos you know like you know respond maybe to something else somebody else wrote you know send messages here and there and then you know now we're sitting here on the call here so i don't think i can regularly i don't think i can consider myself part of this fandom anymore I mean, you can still consider yourself part of the fandom if you're you still a fan. To it. Yeah, you're, you're adding well, to it. You are you are the ultimate fan. So but doesn't to speak. that sound? But but at that stage, doesn't that sound somewhat egotistical? Because if you're like also on the show and you're like, I'm a huge fan of this show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it is phenomenal. That guy's you, voice. Oh my god, I love it. If you look at the people <laughs> that have been on this show, myself included, especially pointing at myself, you got to be a little bit of an ego. <laughs> in order yeah. to like make I don't know, but it, <laughs> 90 episodes of this shit so yeah it, but it, it's like if you're just listening to it and you're interacting with the host and, and making the comments i feel like you're part of the fandom once you become yeah. one of the co-hosts if you're like 
you're going to love this show. This is my favorite show. I absolutely love it. I feel like you've maybe <laughs> crossed a line. Uh, you're self-serving at that point. Uh, you know, you can still be a fan of it. I mean, honestly, to not to not go too far afield, because I do want to hear Jesse and, and everything about Critical Role, because I feel like that is really good conversation to be had. Uh, you can still be you know, a main contributor, main influencer. I hate that content creator. That's the term that I, I am okay with. You can be a main content creator for a fandom, but still consider yourself a fan. But, you okay, know, so imagine like, you know, like those one act plays that people do. Right. And then like, where it's just like a single character, like know, soliloquies and stuff like yeah. that. Okay. So imagine an actor in one of those like one act one character shows where it's just him sitting there and talking to this thing right and then he's at and you know he's at a, a restaurant somewhere or at a bar and some and they just he's randomly having a conversation with somebody like maybe at a first date and he's talking to the person and they're like what's your favorite play and he says oh i absolutely love this one act show it is just it's so good like the actor in it he's really like he's really involved and he never misses a line it's it's phenomenal you really got to see it and she says oh wow you you really speak highly of this. Yeah, it's my favorite. In all honesty, I've seen a lot of plays, a lot of performances. This is without a doubt my favorite. And then she goes to it the next night and the guy is fucking the guy on the stage. It's like, like, how would you take that? Like, I mean, that's would you, you be like, oh, be... he's just part of the fandom? Or would you be like, hmm? I, uh, okay, you can still be a fan and still be part of it. But you, that's when you have to be honest. Like, I have loved it. I have loved, I've followed it since, you know, whenever, or I've listened to all of their episodes, you know, that sort of thing. But then also that's when you should, should <laughs> reveal that, yes, I am part of the, you know, the cast now because I was such a good, like, I was such a, you know, uh, ze- zealous fan. I, I, I loved it so much that I reached out enough times that we were like, let's put you on. All so, right, baby, like, you won me back over. I'm disinformed podcast number one fan, baby. Woo! I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> That's like, you right. Can and still if, be you, a fan. if you disagree, if you think you're the number one fan, leave a comment below and let me know. There we <laughs> go. See, wrong. comment on you, every episode. Hell yeah, you are. You are, and, and you know what? Comment on the shorts too, because we got like over a thousand of those. Because I, I have, I have my moments, but. Still, no, like it's 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 a good point to make. Like, can people that produce can like the people that like create that content still be fans of that content? Like, can you create something that you can look back and say, I am proud of this and I want other people to know because there have been plenty of times where I'll be talking to people about random shit and I'll be like, oh we did an episode of this or, Oh, Mm -hmm. we did two episodes or we did something similar to this. And like, that's still something like I I am passionate enough about this to where I will, I hate the term fangirl. I will, I will obsess over the podcast when it involves like, Oh, you, you really like, I don't know. They say tannic panic. We did an episode of that or, you know, Oh, you're talking about, you guys have touched on it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, Or like my, Favorite. Or, I think my favorite disinformed podcast. Oh, there's just so many, but I think my favorite moment was a conversation related to the Dildorado. <laughs> okay, in that case, you're just being purposely vain. Okay, so I mean, yes, the Dildorado, like the veins good, on the Dildorado, baby. Good, good reference. Good, like good conversation to Dildorado is canon. Yes, but like you know, it, it, it's still no, I'm something just kidding. to bring my, it up. My, it's, my, it is uh, possible. My favorite yeah. disinformed podcast is actually the uh, the four part KFC like Colonel Sanders. One. Yeah, no one can talk shit about KFC like yeah. Colonel Sanders. Mwah. And I'm not saying yeah. that because you know Shane will listen to this later and have a giggle, but like that's good content. I oh, I enjoyed good. it. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Chef's kiss. But no, to your point, Michael. Like you can be a fan of something and also create content for it, and we can talk about critical role because yeah. um yes Danny, perfect uh, Sig- segway segway sojourney yeah. segway perfect thank you <laughs> their um their lore keeper who who is 
an official employee and she sorts through all of Matt's lore and tries to keep it documented because there's <laughs> years worth of content and like sometimes people she's... forget things. I'm and... glad she's getting paid for that because that's I'm just sounds picturing like, like a... a big board on the thing with like the it's always sunny strings. bit there with like the strings. Yeah, of, yeah I mean, exactly. I mean honestly if you've played any sort of D D campaign for more than like five six sessions you need that you really need someone that's like all right i have everything charted out i have the map i know where you guys have gone like honestly i feel like you need that (laughs) so so like if they have a question on anything they've done like in their what their version of like an after dark show she'll come in and like tell them like this is what happened and (gasps) that kind of thing but she she uh, gets paid to do that and she also does recaps written recaps of the episode so if you missed one you can go back and read it really quick if you want to watch the current live one um that's so nice but I'm she so was jealous. a fan if you go back and you rewatch the the first campaign you see her pop up in chat all the time and just, oh, cool. she was just a fan and she popped up so much and got to know the cast that they're like come do this for us and so now she works for them and she does create content for them but she is still a critical role fangirl for sure she's a fan first she gets paid and she does it in an official capacity but at the end of the day she is primarily first and foremost a fan she could still be part of it she can still be main cast but when you ask her and, and and this might be me supposing things. I I might be man spreading, mansplaining things here. I say both <laughs> because man spreading because that's what led to mansplaining. You know, nobody b- man spreads better than my man JVD. <laughs> you know what? You are not wrong. He is an example that all man spreaders can you know look up to. But like at the end of the day, like. She is so no like knowledgeable. Like, would she say she is a fan or she is an employee of it? Like that. Like to me, like I feel like that is super important to, uh, like ask, uh, yourself is like when like you're getting paid. Yes, that is fantastic. But like at the end of the day, you're like, yes, I am a fan. I love this shit. This is so fantastic. I would you love can to just get paid to I do mean, anything for critical role. Oh yeah, and getting paid. I would still be a fan. It, it, but but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, just because you're getting paid doesn't mean you can be like, well, I can't say I'm a fan anymore. So right? how heavily are you involved in like the fan community, Jess? Um, not super involved in it, but um, I do get involved here and there with like Twitter. I'll I'll comment on stuff. I'll make tweets about the show like i'll live tweet it sometimes and just like my reaction to what's going on obviously i have made a lot of fan art for it um since digital art is my thing Mm -hmm. but um i i have made tiktoks about it too but i don't that's still content it is it's (laughs) me engaging with the community exactly Um, the most recent one I did blew up and it's got like over 12,000 views and a bunch oh, of damn. comments and likes. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like I thought nice. this was the stupidest thing I've ever done, but it, <laughs> it keeps getting likes. It's being circulated still. So that's kind of cool. I mean, like that, that happened to us. Uh, what was it? We did, um, I did a short where it was just, I think it was, uh, X or not X host. Um, previous host that might make a comeback eventually hopefully soon courtney um she just made a bunch of like i think meowing or like noises or something like that and that became one of the more popular um shorts that i put on youtube where she was just like making meowing noises or something that effect um i mean and and where i was like how did that happen cute girl making meowing sounds i don't know i'm sure there's a fan base out there Apparently there is. <laughs> and there's probably several OnlyFans accounts related to something similar too. Oh no! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Sorry, Courtney. No, not oh, Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> I'm talking about like just making people making meowing sounds. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but, or yeah. ASMR things too. Oh my, yeah. My engagement is limited, and it is because of 
the toxic behavior of the critical role community, also known as critters. Um, oh, is that what they're called? They Crit- are. They are called critters. I like that. No, I, I like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you crit on a 20, but also mm. they they like the little critters on the show. Um, they're, the first season, they had a, an animal companion named Trinket. He was a bear. I love him very much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there there's a lot of toxic behavior displayed in that fandom and then it's something that I I am a really big fan of the show. It means a lot to me. Um Critical Role saved my life pretty much. It it came into me at a time where I didn't want to be around anymore and mm-hmm. it gave me something to look forward to. So mm-hmm. it it is very important to me. I'm never going to like denounce it or claim I'm not a fan of it, but yeah. Like some people's behavior, man, it's bad. Um, Marisha Ray, one of the cast members on it, got a lot of shit. Still gets a lot of shit for how she plays the game. A lot of people that claim to be fans of the show accuse her of metagaming, of being like a bad D and D player. Um, and they would, when they showed chat on the streams for a while, like you could see people just harassing mm. her and some of the other women on the, the show, but she got it a lot more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a weird thing that happened. Also critical role fans don't take kindly to anyone displaying any kind of criticism for the show. Like they get very defensive and aggressive about it um, in ways that they don't really need to. Cause like critical role has gotten a lot of criticism as any piece of media of is going to have. Mm-hmm. It's consumed by a bunch of different people with diverse backgrounds and everybody has their own opinion of it. And so criticism is going to happen, but like, the fans jump in in defense of it when I don't really think it's necessary or appropriate to do so. Are those same fans like internally critical as well of the people that are, you know, bringing some of that toxicity? Like, are they, are they critical of those people too? Like, Hey, don't bring that negativity here. Or are they like gatekeeping where it's like, it sounds like you aren't part of the fandom. The only criticism can be coming within the fandom because we know better. And it sounds like you don't know better. I think it's kind of that. Um, Something that has gotten a lot of attention is um, people of color and content creators of color coming forward and saying that critical role isn't very diverse in that Mm -hmm. or that they've made some missteps regarding that. I know Marisha Ray did get a lot of criticism about her character from campaign two being like represented as a person of color. I didn't see that from her art, like for the character. I thought it was just like a tan person not necessarily like a person of color from any kind of nationality or background what what have you yeah. and that's just how it was perceived by me but mm-hmm. i i'm not white but i am white passing so that's really not like my my argument i i don't feel like i can talk about that understand any criticism of that but but yeah. people have pointed it out they also did um, point out that Sam Regal, another one of the cast members, uh, used a lot of Romani stereotypes for one of his characters, and there was Ooh. some criticism of that. But people are just like, if if anything like that comes out, they just jump to the defense of the cast and crew and their characters and be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. They're not doing that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you need to sit down. Like... Like, this is not your conversation. You and don't need to be rabid about it. Yeah, when... like, this does not involve you. And most of the time that criticism does come from people who are not people of color, and they, they are white, and they're attacking these uh, creators that are people of color for pointing out a criticism that is, in fact, valid. Understandable, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm just like, ooh, I don't... 
yeah it's like my people like yes i am a fan of the show but people like that like you're you're not my people here yeah and it's like you don't even want to like engage in the conversation either because it just like makes you feel like icky like yeah because you're like uh damned if i do damned if i don't like i want to help like i want to help back you know the people that are making valid criticisms because like that's something that we should do as consumers of you know these media uh, always be not necessarily criticizing everything they do but if there's something that we feel like needs to be criticized like yes you know like well you, r- you, more like areas of opportunity like or opportunities for improvement right yeah like, yeah when i mean criticize yeah. yeah yeah i don't yeah, mean like, like oh everything's areas, shit but, yeah because we can all yeah. grow and so it's like exactly you know, if, if there's yeah. a way to you know bring in more diverse voices and whatnot that that's always like a, a positive yeah, aspect yeah i think Once- that part of the thing with that stuff too is it's difficult to engage with because like i know some of the criticisms that i've heard of lately it was like what like matt has like Xandis, right with like and like some of the pronoun yeah. issues related where i've heard people say like that he keeps having matt keeps having to like beat people over the head um regarding like Xandis's pronouns and then I've heard people say like they should he just should have just made Xandis like a regular character then and like that's, it's, it's like what does that even mean criticize Matt specifically for because like Sam's character uses uh they them pronouns and so does Talos and Jaffe's character in the same campaign in which Xandis Z- exists so it's it's weird that they're choosing that specifically yeah but it's just like and then but it's like i don't you know when i see stuff like this like i don't even want to engage because then it's like there's obvious like critiques to even the commentary of like well what does that what do you mean by like he should have just made a normal character yeah what does what does that mean yeah and then but then it's like well i also i mean especially more speaking towards the star trek side of things but like with things like that i also just want to enjoy the content right like i don't want to like engage in these like turf war battles or like you know so it's like part of me is like you know i want to push back on like some of the stuff that i i take issue with but then the other part of me is like i don't want to invest the mental energy with that like i'm just here to have fun yeah and yeah that's how i feel about it too especially with critical role like they the cast and crew have good hearts they never have done anything to intentionally hurt or you know discriminate against a group and Matt's NPCs specifically are very diverse Mm -hmm. in you know their gender sexual orientation nationality like he he covers a spectrum of NPCs and which is awesome um but like I just if anyone has criticism for it like cool but I I'm not, I don't want to engage in that. I'm here to enjoy Critical Role for what it is. Like if they, if you have a valid criticism for them, like sure, make make it heard. But I'm not going to engage in it because that's not what I'm here for. I'm I'm just here to enjoy the show. I'm going to eat which... my popcorn <laughs> and and love it for what it is, which is awesome D and D role playing and the stories they make and the characters they make are awesome and they're engaging and they they have heart and you know they tug on your emotions and that's what i'm here for which is fantastic like that's that's what people want at the end of the day which i, I hate that term but you know when what you term? want the end to, of the day What's the end of the day uh, there's there's a thing like Whenever people say at the end of the day, as in, like, they want to just quash any sort of, like, argument against what they're saying, as in, like, this is my summation. No one should say anything against it because this is just how I feel. This is a summation of At the end of the day, what you're saying doesn't really matter because of whatever. I got you. Yes, yeah. Like, they are making their own content, and you can choose to engage with it however you will, right? If you don't like what they're doing, there is always, and not a lot of people, I would say, like, ha- like think that this is an option, but you can choose to just not engage with it. If there is some aspect of, well, I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm last- going to push back a little bit there, Ooh, Michael. I'm okay, going to interject. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna all right, interject all right go for back. it. Go for it. Just, do it. Do it. Push me, because, daddy. <laughs> well, it, because you're <laughs> kind of contradicting yourself just from what we were just speaking of a few minutes ago as well okay. in terms of like, 
it's always good to like, you know, push the things you love to like grow, to become better and stuff. Right. And if you're saying like at the end of the day, if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to engage with it. It's like, that's, that is somewhat akin to the, if you don't like living in the, or if you, if you don't like the government, leave the country. Right. And it's like, well, no, hold on. If I, if I, if I take issue, if I take issue with this, I still can, that, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm against it. Maybe I want to engage with it still to make it better, to resolve those issues. Right. Cause you could also turn to those, you know, uh, people of color that, you know, Jess was referencing earlier and be like, well, if you don't like the way it exists now, don't engage. But that's, that doesn't help anybody grow. Right. So that's, I would, I would, I would caution Um, against that sort of argument. No, that's fair. Let me, let me clarify because that's a fair point. Because, like, yes, if you don't feel strongly about it, then telling someone that they should just pull away and not try and give their own thought to it would, you know, deaden a lot of conversation that should be had, which is fair. Um, I guess I'm more talking about conversation within the fandom, not necessarily the work itself. Like, as a person that enjoys that media, that consumes that media, everyone should have their own ability to, you know, give their critiques. Whether or not they're valid, I don't want to talk about that because that's that's a whole box of worms. Pandora's box, <laughs> right? But the ability, uh, the desire to want to interact with the fandom, because that is something that I have never wanted to do since um my interaction with the homestuck community i never wanted to interact with the people consuming the content people making the content that's fine like there's obviously always criticisms that you with your own viewpoint can give and most of the time and i say most of the time because there are situations where people are being unnecessary um won't get into detail, but where, like, you know, your criticisms are always valid, like, representation, always a valid point to make, you know, but whether or not you want to engage with your point with the community, not necessarily with the content creators, that's, I think, the the the, the fine line that I'm trying to draw here is, you know, whether or not you want to or even feel the desire to um, make your point with the community, not necessarily the content creators. Because I feel like the content creator, content creators should, as with us, should always be open to criticism. Um, whether or not, regardless of the criticism, like being able to take it and be like, oh, yeah, you make a good point or you don't make a good point. And here's why. Um but when you have to try and justify your own position to people that don't care or people that have their own ideals set in mind for how this media should be enjoyed, that is like the the point that I'm trying to make um, where I'm trying to find the exact words to try and explain myself. But like I, I hate engaging with fandom when that when I know that what I say won't matter. Right. What, like, yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking earlier too, when I said yeah. like, I didn't want to invest the mental energy in it because yeah, most of yeah. the time you're just like, you know, you're wasting your, your energy just because you're not going to change somebody's mind. Cause a lot of these people, you know, I, you would like to think that if you took the time to make a reasonable argument, maybe touch on some of the critiques that they're making and reference things that, you know, we could all have a polite, civilized conversation in which, you know, hearts and minds can be changed, right? One yeah. way or the other, maybe like, maybe during this conversation, I go in thinking one way and then I leave thinking, oh, you know what? Actually, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. I think you're right. This does need to get changed or whatever, right? But most of the time it doesn't go in that way. And most of the time you you engage in it and then, you know, it just gets shut down into like name calling or some petty or like, yes yeah, yeah or some way of being like well your point yeah. is invalid because yeah and then you get uh, a bunch and, of other people that chime in with like that you know might also support the bs stuff and then like 
you know, they, they want to chime in and, and it just, it ends up devolving. It's, it's very unfortunate and it's kind of a sign of the country in which we live in, you know, with the, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) We're getting a little too political here. Hashtag. Well, that literally, that's what I was, yeah, that, well, that's what I was going to reference is like, (laughs) we live in this like two party system in which everything is like sports teams. You're, you know, it's either it's, it's us against them. Right. And so you don't, you lose that lovely world of gray in which reality actually exists and has to be black or white. And it's like, Mm. you know, I I can't agree with you, even if you're making maybe one or two points that I might agree with just because your point is, yeah, because I can't, I can't, yeah, exactly. I can't be on that side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, we all paint each other with the same brushes there. And, and, um, in terms of like making generalizations, like I know myself, uh, if I see somebody walking down the street with, a particular hat that says something about maybe making America great again. I'm already like coming with some preconceived notions about this person before they've even opened a, like their mouth to say a single word to me. I've already judged them as a person, uh, potentially. So you're not wrong so. with, the, with Gilbert, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, it's oh, wait, a, it, we all wait, do sorry. It. What were you going to say, Jesse? I was going to say, I do that, but with, um, other things, like if someone's wearing a DC shirt, I judge them immediately. I'm like, <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not the kind of person I want to talk to right now. Did you say like DC, like 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 versus Marvel? Is that what you yes. mean? Yes. There's, there's not much in the DC universe that I like, to be honest. I'm are, just... are, are you talking the uh, the cinematic universe? Yes. Or... Oh, okay, okay. Fair. I thought you were talking about all of DC. And I'm oh, like, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Like, I very much enjoyed Teen Titans. Okay, okay. No, that's okay, probably okay. like my favorite thing. And there's there's okay. other comics that I enjoy. <laughs> no, I thought I thought like Mike Michael did. I was like, wait, okay, universe. no, that makes more sense. I thought I was thinking along the same lines as Michael. I was like, whoa, that's like some major like, shading. Whoa, it's like yeah, everything Batman whoa. and everything. I was like, whoa, no, I mean Teen Titans. <laughs> Okay, no, Amazing. no, fair. exactly. Batman and Robin, that- it comes back to Batman and Robin. <laughs> Always does. No. But- oh, okay, no, that makes the a lot more new sense. movies. Gotcha. The, the Which DCU is you versus like fair. MCU. I, I am I looking feel forward like to the-, the Flash, though. I am looking forward to the Flash. Uh, and we got, oh, come on, we got like, the, we got Batman, we got Tim Burton's Batman we, back. We got, we got Keaton we got, back. Yeah, yes, exactly. We got the Vulture. It's, what? it's that other dude. What's his name? Affleck? I don't know. No, Affleck. the guy that plays Barry. Oh, Ezra. No, yeah, yeah, Ezra. Something rather. Yeah. Right? Whoa, something? Oh, for it's, so, uh, it's I thought you were talking reason. like Barry, like the HBO show, and I was like, no. <laughs> never it's the mind. Same reason why I do not like or have never watched um, Doctor Strange. Uh, you don't like Cumberbatch? Benevolent Cucumber Patch? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Fair. like his face. There's something about his face that it just gives me the ick. And so... Well, he's no is Jean-Claude under- Van Damme, that's for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never seen him do the splits, whereas Jean-Claude Van Damme definitely can. I've never... You know what? If, if Benedict Cumberbatch can do the splits like Jean-Claude Van Damme can... You know, I I might have a little bit more respect. You know, that's fair. But like, I I understand. I understand if you don't like if you don't like the actor for any sort of reason because they're all valid, uh, within reason. But like, if you don't like his face, that's you're not gonna like him. Like, you know, like that that's something that's like I can't convince you otherwise. I can't be like, oh come on, look at his look at his face. You know. Just, just, just you look know. at that face and imagine you're giving a kiss on the cheek. You know, he's a lot better, right? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing I could do to convince you that like his face is, you know, not something that you want to smash in with a hammer or something like that. Oh, I'm, you know? I don't feel that strongly oh. about it. it just yeah, it, tell it, me it, how it, you it. really feel, Michael. <laughs> you know, geez, that's I the mean, best way I can describe it. It's just <laughs> maybe know. I'm just thinking of him from Wrath of Khan, but. Because he was Con. in there. Yeah. I can't even remember if he did that, like, if that, what, was that, was that Scream? Was that, like, recreated, like, really well? So. Okay. Because no. you no. can't, like, it's like a the one thing that happens in cinema. I My voice cracks for emphasis. That happens in cinema. <laughs> yeah, that, where, and, like, 
Yeah, that like, yeah, I love those little like uh, cinema tropes with the the same thing with the yelling at the sky, like why, and then it like pans out and out and out further. Why? Or like yeah. no, yeah. from like uh, episode three of of Star Wars, because those are that's the references that I'll know. A fandom that's toxic as. Oh yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. There's a reason why they were like, you know what? We don't need an episode ten. We'll do some backstories. We'll do it all through Disney Plus. We'll, you know, we'll do that. Oh, you want an early, you want a solo? You want like a prequel to like for solo, for Han Solo? We'll do it and then we're going to back away from that. Like, I and like I enjoy Star Wars for it is. what it is, but like some some of the fans and like seeing people talk about it and interact with like the media the content and then the actors too i'm just like mm-hmm. it's so interesting never though. satisfied never satisfied it's, it's just so interesting how times some it's something just don't change like if you stepped back in time you know 40 years ago like you would have had star trek the most in picture come out like four years earlier you'd have had star wars the second film come out what three years earlier or something like that so, because I think the second one was 1980, wasn't it? Or was that the third one? Um, it was either before way. I was alive. Yeah, but my uh, point being I, is that... I know he, the one he, with the whales, yeah, and that's could, like, the only one I know. Well, no, I'm talking about Star Wars. Like, oh, which I one, thought like you... 19, yeah. Sorry, but, I thought you said Star Trek, and I'm, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm saying like, oh, Star I know Trek, the one with the yeah. whales, huh? Well, because I know Star Trek The Motion Picture came out in 79. I think the first Star Wars came out in 77, and I think the second one came out in 80. Uh, but my point being that if you step back to 1983, within the last few years, you would have had Star Trek and Star Wars out and they'd both be like in popular culture being spoken about. And so it's so interesting that like, you know, even though things have changed so much, we've had like the dawn of the Internet age, right? Uh, what are people like, like, what are we talking about here? And what do a lot of people still talk about? Like the new Star Wars shows, the new Star Trek shows and stuff, right? So it's it's so interesting that like these fandoms have been able to thrive and continue and i mean like not just them i mean there's a new indiana jones fucking movie coming out oh soon. god you're right <laughs> like, i forgot about that oh man they're yeah. like Coast digitally that one yeah they like <laughs> digitally digitally like de-aged his face for flashbacks and i'm like yeah just let the poor man like just He's like a hundred and two thousand years old. Just let him die. Just you know, just well, let him let him retire and enjoy his life. Well, I am sure, sure he's, he's wanting to do it. Yeah, he's also said that someone else will play Indiana Jones over his dead body. So. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is true. Sorry, I thought I I had I projected his love of playing Han Solo over his love of playing you know Indiana Jones because it, it is pretty known that he despised playing uh star wars and playing uh, han solo he is he is not a fan of that and so i just assumed incorrectly that he hated playing indiana jones the same caliber um but they also won't let him die because he's now what was it um thunderbolt ross or something like that in the mcu he's uh he was oh, yeah. he, he was cast for uh Captain America 4 um as Thunderbolt Ross because the original actor John Hurt unfortunately had passed away and so he was casted as his replacement so which I had totally forgotten John Hurt even was in the MCU to be perfectly honest so, so had I the war yes. doctor yes you know you know who they need to bring in to the MCU if you say David Tennant, but, I'm going to disagree but, because no, he already they, is they in need, it. They need a man that can come in with just a lot of passion, who can make a double impact, if you will. Somebody that is just somebody that has a lion heart. Somebody that could really like just bring you know make the MCU and the movies like a blood sport again. They need to bring in my man, the Universal Soldier, Jean Claude, motherfucking <laughs> Van Damme. <laughs> How old is he? Would he even come out? 62 years young, baby. 62 years young. He's only 62? That's right. My man, she knew what I was going with when I was talking about Lionheart and everything, kickboxer, yeah. He's like a good good 15 years younger than like Harrison Ford. Isn't Harrison Ford like close to 80 or some shit like that? I have no idea why I've made this episode all about JVD, but 
Because My that man. was your sexual awakening. And it is canon. <laughs> you did say that, uh, I think, after we rolled. So it is known. It is canon. Listen, that man is not expendable <laughs> to me. <laughs> was he in the expendables? Yes. yes oh, he, he came back for that? Honestly, yeah. I figured he just retired. And he's like, you know what? I got enough money. I don't give a fuck. He had to come back because JVD had nowhere to run. Shane would be here getting these references. This, that one's for you, Shane. <laughs> My homie. I pour one out for him. Even That's if right. he ain't here. That's right. Because Shane, you are a street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, that's right. So, I I feel like do, does anyone have any closing points that they want to make? Oh, because you're closing are... it out here. What are you trying to be? A time cop? <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's okay. another JVD Sorry. reference. Sorry, I thought <laughs> when you said time cop, I thought you meant RoboCop. I was like, he wasn't RoboCop. Get the fuck no. out of here! <laughs> no, no, he's, like, oh, he's no, in a movie called Time Cop. Yes. He was, yeah, I'm, he was Time yeah. Cop. Yes, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to stop. I just, I've had trouble because I have a uh, no retreat, have a, no oh. surrender policy. <laughs> um, I walked into that. I walked into it. I deserve that. <laughs> Fandoms are fun as Within long as reason? you stay away from the crazies. Ah, okay. I feel like that is a like. It used to be back in the day that you could, you know, engage with these fandoms and like be proud of it. But like, I definitely feel and and you guys can, you know, agree, disagree. But I feel like nowadays, like so much, there's so much toxicity with like being in a fandom that it it, it kind of gets embarrassing. Like, I liked Rick and Morty. Would I count myself as part of the fandom? Well, I liked Rick and Morty like several seasons ago. I haven't watched it since like season four. So call me out of date. That's fine. Did I ever associate with the fandom? Hell no, I did not. Uh, because like ever since they tried to do the Szechuan sauce and I saw people videos of people dancing on McDonald's like counters demanding Szechuan sauce, like I never even mentioned that I like I did not associate with that fandom. And I feel like that is like kind of a thing that occurs a lot nowadays. And I could be wrong because I don't associate with them. But like, I feel like enjoying something, but not necessarily being a fandom is what is more in vogue nowadays. And I could be wrong and prove me wrong because I would like to. But that that's the kind of point that I wanted to make. And that is my closing thoughts. And mine would just be. Avoid the crazies, like Jess said. And uh, going back to Star Trek, you know, we should all embrace Idic, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. You know, just because you're maybe not necessarily on board with the way things are uh, exactly being done doesn't mean that we can't embrace the diversity, embrace the uh, complexity that it brings, and, you know, always push to bring to make things grow and be better than they are because we all can be better than we are today and I think that's what we should all strive to do both in our personal lives, in our fandoms, and with our children. And don't be a dick to actors. Especially Please not Jean-Claude don't. Van Damme. <laughs> Especially everyone, including Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, <laughs> this is this is where I, you know, say... Follow us on social media. We don't use them. Um, we ha also have a YouTube disinformed podcast. You know, find us wherever you desire to find us. We probably don't really maintain whatever social media you use, but we'll great we'll sales pitch, Michael. Great. <laughs> Follow us on social media. We don't use them. Find you us can, on YouTube. We that's don't what use Shane it. Does. That's what <laughs> you can Shane follow does. Them on the TikToks. There's stuff there. It may there, be old, but there is stuff there. If uh, you find this on YouTube. Instagram. Point. Mm -hmm. She makes a point. There is stuff there. There's not new stuff, but there is stuff. Um, also, Jesse, if you would like to do pluggables, because I don't feel like we ever did that whenever you were on. And I feel like we should, because, you know, what you do is so fantastic. We That's want true. you to would talk about it. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm a digital artist. You can find me at Bad Gamer Jesse, or no, Bad Artist Jesse. I'm getting my my handles Uh-oh. mixed up. If you want to <laughs> play video games with me, you can find me at Bad Gamer Jesse. But if you want to look for my art or you know my TikToks, uh, you can find me at Bad Artist Jesse on most socials: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that fun stuff. And yeah, nice. if you like my art, give and- it a little heart because. You know, it's hard with algorithms to get your stuff out there, and yeah, especially with the AI trying to steal everybody's art. Uh, yeah, which would be an interesting episode to hear about, like that evolution, and you know whether things are trending in one way or another. I feel like that would be a really cool thing to talk about. Um, yeah, someday I will accrue everything into an episode for this but uh that I have sounds to not like a be lot. mad about it <laughs> also true <laughs> it it might be another three-parter there it might not be like <laughs> there's a lot going on with it uh i did mention it last time i was here there's finally a lawsuit going through uh for some of the ai programs Ooh. so we'll, we'll see what comes of that if anything mm-hmm. fingers crossed I'm, I'm crossing my fingers uh, for the artists that actually exist as opposed to the AI. So there's that. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't remember the outro because I'm blanking and I, I don't like being put on the spot. But, you know, find us wherever you find us. You found us. Continue to find us. It's perfect. And until <laughs> next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Michael. And I'm Jesse. And zippity zoop, we're out of here. <laughs>